Hey everybody, Sandy Mackey here. And Al Curtis here. We are coming to you with another episode of Conversations with Ask the Pool Guy. So, Pool Guy. Yes. Tell me about this boat that you just acquired. Why do you collect random and interesting things and what's the story of this boat? Well, the first part of the question is, why do I collect random things? I never know what's going to inspire me to do something different. I've really set a goal for myself and for the team to not be normal, to not do normal things, to always push ourselves to design something and build something unexpected, different, not normal, that's custom. And in our industry, this custom pool building is really, there's, there's a better term for custom pools, I think. It's custom generic pools. Because so much of what we call custom pools are really the same thing over and over and over. We just call them custom. And they're custom in that they're hand built, but they're very, very generic in style. Or regular. Sure, that, that's yeah. probably a better word, but I was using generic as a, as a broad term. Yeah. And so it's, so maybe we should call it custom regular pools. Yeah. And most custom builders build very regular stuff. Maybe it's not what the mainstream everyday average shopper is buying, because it's not typically, but most of those pools aren't really interesting. So to answer the question of why I collect random things, it's to help inspire us. How can we use something in a new way? Whether it's using a boat in a project or, or anything like that. And this particular boat that I saw was pointed out to me that I should take a peek at it, and I did. It's not like anything you would expect. Not you have in your mind a boat. And this is in fact a, must have been off of a, a large cruise ship or freighter or not even sure what I, I also heard it was potentially from a Korean battleship. It's the the boats that hang off the side that are used in case. Lifeboats. Yeah, in case of emergency. So this is a, a lifeboat that was built in, 19, I found a tag that it was made in 1965. And the story behind it, which was really interesting, is when I called the guy to inquire about the boat, and he was a quirky personality, which I really could appreciate. And he said, well, I'd like to get 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 for it. It was really kind of this quirky, this quirky interaction. Well, so we talked for a little while. He goes, well, you've seen the, the movie Life of Pi, right? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I had three boats. I had to provide three boats to them. They wanted to buy three boats to do that. And they wanted three of them because they needed, they wanted to shoot at three different locations and they didn't want to have to move the boats. And then, so I sold them to them and I had to determine where to ship them. They came to look at them and decided just to take the one and they said, hold the other ones in storage for us. So they took the one, they modified it as they needed. We've seen the, the movie Life of Pi. Well, that boat, I have a sister to. It uh, sat in this guy's warehouse for many years. However, how long ago was That's Life of Pi? It, it's been quite a few years. Yeah. And he was selling his warehouse and he called the producer, whoever had bought the, the things and said, look, 
I sold my warehouse. What do you want me to do with these boats? Because they had two left. And they said, well, we'll get back with you. And they got back with them a little while later and said, uh, put them in your front yard. In other words, they didn't want them. There was nothing they could do with them. So he had to bring it 100 miles from where he was living. He brought it up to here locally, and he towed it on this. The story that the trailer that this boat came on is a whole nother just long running whatever well this trailer is all wonky twisted and it's and i'm like are you sure i'm gonna be able to tow that thing he goes i brought it about 100 miles from with that so and there was a story behind the boat that that one was from seattle and had done all kinds of crazy stuff and anyway so i, I bought the boat a couple things in mind he had taken one very similar to this in the past it's here locally if we know anyone on portage lake or the chain of lakes which we do yeah. we should go and see it Okay. He, he converted into a tugboat. So it's a mini tugboat that this guy tug, goes around the lake with. And I guess what had happened was he was building it in his yard there. And he got home one day. And there was a couple sitting by the boat. And he, you know, he goes, yeah, it's a little awkward and weird. But I'm kind of used to that because, you know, the weird stuff I have around, which I can relate to. We know when people come looking at <laughs> our stuff, relate. right? Yeah. So... So this guy comes and, and says, I want to buy it. And he goes, well, I'm not really selling it, whatever. And six months later, the guy comes back and goes, I want the boat. And what's it going to take to get the boat? And and it offered a certain amount. And he wouldn't sell it. And then the guy came back two weeks later. And there's there's some something happened or he had done something to the boat or whatever. And the guy doubled the price. And he sold it on the spot. Well, unbeknownst to him, the guy had built a whole wharf for the boat. The whole concrete wharf was built at his house. Everything was ready for this boat to slide right in. And by design, it... Oh, what it was, was he purposely took a motor that he he was able to... Because this didn't have a motor. It was a lifeboat. He had to build the you know all of that. Well, he took the motor and he got it to run at a really low RPM with really minimal um, muffler, so it, it chugs, boom, 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 when it's sitting there. And he, he started the motor when the guy got there, and the guy heard the motor and offered him double for it. So the whole story behind what he did is he, and I guess he made it really obvious where the, you know, it was by design to be loud and obnoxious and whatever, and this guy just loved it. And the, the muffler stick right out of the sides, like right above the, so it's above the, the wharf that it sits on, so it's really loud and kind of boop, 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 that, that, that motor sound. And anyway, so the, just great stories of that stuff. Well, for me, I looked at it and I thought of one of a couple things. Build a hot tub inside it. This thing's massive. It holds 40 people. It's massive. But it's kind of got a cool shape to it. So that was one of the options. Or cut it in half and build two hot tubs, like backed up against a, a building or something, which would be really cool. Or just create a seating area I mean that was that was some of the simplest things were take it and bury it into the yard and and build a canopy over it and just make it a cool seating area that was another option and then also looking at some of the other things I saw one of the other boats the other one that he still has he's already started to build to look like another tugboat so it's already got that framing in that shape and I thought well how cool would it be like a pirate ship I mean, it's not massive, but it has enough of the shape, and it, it's a stainless steel infrastructure skin with fiberglass, so it's strong. Seats all the way around it, and they used to row these. So there was a, there was a, there used to be a rudder in the back, 
and four sets or eight sets of no four sets, so eight uh, oars, and you'd have one guy per oar with all these seats around, and that's how they, they would move them if they needed to. And so it's kind of just a piece that you would never expect. And where would I in my wildest dreams ever get one, if I ever wanted one, if I ever thought I could use one? So when opportunities like that happen, I think it's important. And storage is an issue when trying to move stuff around, but I think it's important enough to have that weird, quirky stuff because you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Which brings me up to the conversation with this guy, which he's now writing a book, which is great, I think. His life adventure stories are astounding. And he's just a quirky guy. And he opens up his phone. He goes, hey, you want to see what I just bid on? And I, I, I let it go. I didn't get it or whatever. And he shows me this massive fire pumping boat from the 1920s with all the fire, you know, the water spraying out from it. He goes, yeah, I just didn't quite get it. So I got into the conversation. Well, you know what I'm looking for is a tugboat. Because this, and I kind of explained it. He was like, oh, that's awesome. I'll make sure I keep my eye out. If I ever find a tugboat, because, again, part of that pushing me is a story that I've, that I've been kind of playing with in my head and I've told you is I'd like to take a full working tugboat, maybe a scrap tugboat, doesn't have to be working, but a full-size tugboat, and literally deliver that and put it in someone's backyard and build a pool inside it. So you bury it halfway in the ground so it's still sticking up this high out of the ground, but because of the massive size of it, you'd be able to build a full pool inside inside a, a, a tugboat which then you can use the whole housing and stuff as either a diving platform or seating area I thought how cool why do things normally somebody out there loves tugboats and they have plenty of money to go it's no big deal to buy one for scrap and cut it up into pieces ship it and weld it back together in your backyard now maybe it's not you and I would we would normally think of doing with our money but there's people out there who wouldn't even think twice to spend whatever it would cost to have it moved I mean, look at how I almost bought that train, that caboose. Yeah. Not knowing how I would get it moved, but some way I would get that moved. That's another piece that I would love to have for a pool project. And I've, I've explained to you that I would like to have it off the end of the pool as a, a bar area. So that you could literally create that whole atmosphere right in the pool. So That's why I buy the weird stuff and have it. And you just don't know when you're going to be able to use it. Right. You just, you just don't know. Well, case in point, the SpongeBob pool that just launched this weekend for some parties and things like that, the night before they were entertaining, you and Katie and Jesse and Karen and I stepped out to work on some of the other automation, but you were finishing the kitchen area with some netting, some ship's wheels and things like that, and those were all things that become part of our office decor for a while. Clutter. Yeah. <laughs> that Eventually, you pull a few pieces out to go and be able to, to do Well, in, in that, that case, if we, we, we have this inspiration in the moment to create that look, if I hadn't have just happened to buy that huge fishing net that at a flea market and had it, we would have pieced together some of the... We would have bought some Amazon that you can buy, the little scrap pieces, and we would have had to use 50 of those. Or and wait the time to get it, or try to find a ship's wheel, or run around to all the stores to see if you can find one. Or in that particular case, those were just pieces that were unexpected for the homeowner. They didn't expect us to be doing anything. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, there's ship wheels on the wall, and there's the, the netting and all of that. And, and that is the importance of having it because it inspires us when we have it 
and we can touch it, feel it, we can inspire, we can be inspired to use it. And I think once I show up at a job like that was case in point, you show up with it and you see it and now everyone kind of starts feeling it. And I know all of us that were there felt really good about the outcome. And then I got a text from the homeowner the next day saying, I couldn't have asked for more in the kitchen. And he was the guy that kept going, well, you're going to do some more cool stuff, right? You're going to do some more cool stuff, right? With no idea what cool stuff was. And then that little polished finish, which wasn't big dollar stuff, but it was stuff that we had. If we had to just go out and buy, pay for retail for that stuff, that fishing net, if we bought one new, would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And a ship's wheel at any antique mall would be several hundred dollars. And But we had them because I bought them when they were cheap, somewhere at a garage sale, at an auction, at a wherever. And I think that that's... It does two things. It helps me make the project better on the homeowner end, but it keeps me inspired on my end because I can look at that thing right there and go, what could I use that for? Great case in point. Project up in Bay City. I'm, I'm throwing some stuff into the dumpster. And I'm looking at that piece going, what is that? It's a, it turns out that it's a, I would never have thought that a furnace looked like that on the inside. You know, we have pool boilers and they have a very typical look on the inside. It was this cool shaped thing with like fluted edges and there was a pipe that ran around like that and I went to pick it up and almost broke my back, it was so heavy. But I dragged it out of there and I looked at it on the ground for a little while and then I said, to Katie was with me, I said, go get the, go get the, the saw, go get your sawzall. We're cutting that piece out. And so we whacked it out and I carried it through the truck. It just, it's a piece of metal that has this coolest shape ever. Now, somewhere along the way, that will be a pivotal piece to make something look like something else. And sure, now we have to store it somewhere, but I could never just find that piece. In my wildest dreams, I could never find that shape without spending tons and tons of money and whatever. Instead, it was something free that'll eventually be a cornerstone piece and something that'll go, Wow, that looks exactly like whatever we're trying to create. So I think there's that keeps me inspired to look and to try. It does cost some money sometimes to invest in things and not knowing what you're going to do with them. But we don't invest in the normal. We invest in the interesting, the things that are usable. We don't buy stuff that's just going to fall apart. Like in that boat in, part, in case... Stainless steel and fiberglass. Gonna be around for a long time. It's already got 50, it's 50 years old now, 51 years old now. Been sitting outside for 50 years, it's not gonna fall apart on us. We don't have to worry about that. But in but in the case of, you know, work, if that was paper, we wouldn't buy it because we know it wouldn't last. We That kind of type of thing. So when you, I, the message to me is when you see something that you really love, that you think you can do something with, invest in it. You know, so many of us hold back going, oh, but I can't. Oh, but I could use that money for something else. There's always something else you can use the money for. Always, always, always. We, every time we make a decision on something, there's always something else we could use that money for. And until you start doing that, and, and we're kind of modest hoarders. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really have piles of, you know, we've yeah. been in places yeah. where it's crap stack, you know, that you don't even know it's been there for 25 years. That's not us. We move it. We're, We're when in doubt. We are. When in doubt, throw it out. We're functional hoarders. Yeah. And so much of this stuff, when it becomes unnecessary, we get rid of it. I, we don't strip every part off everything to try to keep it. But I know that I try to keep cool stuff flowing in all the time. Because number one, it keeps me excited. And I, I think that what's happening in my life is I'm recognizing 
that the long game for me isn't pool, but the pool is, isn't building pools. That's short game. But in the short game, I want to be fresh and new every single time. I really don't want to just go back and do something I've done. Now there's things that I've done that I can really improve on, okay, that, but I don't want to just rebuild another thing. When it comes to custom, is it's art, it's something completely different, something completely unexpected. And that, I think you, you mentioned it today, you said something about that's, it's building your chi was your comment to me yeah. was that it you could tell that there's an energy well, change you said you've been waking up earlier oh, yeah, and you're not right. a late sleeper to begin with but if your it's eyes are popping earlier. open earlier it's because you're excited and you're kind of gearing up for the next thing mm -hmm. and you're really getting into creative invention mode mm -hmm. of sorts with the pool projects coming mm -hmm. up and that it definitely mm -hmm. feeds your chi mm -hmm. and those those are deliciously horrifying moments that moving into a next project. There's so many yummy parts, but on the same token, there's so many things that I can screw up that cost us time and money to fix. And, and I can't help but carry some of that into a project because I don't know it all. If we were building standard things, you could build a standard blueprint and bang, 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 bang. But each time now, it's something drastically different or enough different. And in all the projects we've done in the past several years, there's been really unique features in each one of them that we've had to literally work through because they're not normal. There's nothing normal about what we do anymore. With that, it requires also the things that complement it, the items, the issues, the things that make it look good. Because why build something to look like something if you can't create the environment for it? And that's, that's another part that I'm seeing in our industry is people wanting to do cool pools but they're not creating the environment that the cool pool sits in. They're very much landscaping it versus designing it. You know, it's there's something to be said for just getting ground cover down sometimes, but there's a whole lot more to be said for really thinking and feeling the, an environment, creating. We were at that pool, the SpongeBob pool the other night, and everybody, we all jumped in at different places to see what, you know, to check it all out. And it's that feeling of resort in a whole different way because resort pools are designed very different than residential pools because there's teams of people that really think through how do we want people to feel, what do we want them to be thinking about and doing, and they go through all that stuff to get that process figured out. And that's why there's so much happening in a resort pool because they're, a, they're drawing a certain sense out of, out of people that are there. And I like that on a residential end. How can I take that same thing without having the massive resort budget necessarily? I mean, there's probably resort budgets available, but people don't know. Like yeah. the, the SpongeBob homeowner said the same thing. He goes, you know, you really need to be able to tell people that. And, and I looked at him and I said, could I have told you when we, before we got started, would you have understood what you're getting? He goes, I had no idea and I, I had no clue to the depth of what you were going to do and how far it was going to go. And, and he said, he's the one that said, you really need to raise your prices after you're done with this. And yet another milestone for us to go, we pushed well beyond. Mm -hmm. We detailed out everything. And I know the landscapers aren't the people that we normally work with, but each of those guys, workers along the way, they all, every one of them made some comment about, we've never seen anything with this much detail. Yeah. Because again, Custom normal would be different stone, different shape, different whatever, yep. 
but not the fine details of how can we be creative with the fence and how can we we build you know to look like you know wharf posts with wrapped rope and and ship lights on the top of the of the fence lights and just all those little details when it comes together is spectacular and i don't know that it's explainable i don't know if it's something that you can just go you know really it's going to be cool and they don't know what cool is because custom normal is cool to them yeah but we don't build custom normal we want to build custom and every pool is so different too. We can't send them to one pool and have them feel the magic because it's specific. It's to going to be each specific to them. Environment mm -hmm. and to each mm -hmm. homeowner based on what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So. No, but I think people can get the sense. But you're absolutely right. Is each project brings its own complete, unique set of circumstances, mm -hmm. which is a joy to work on, especially when the homeowner gets it. When they start to see it, yeah. a bomb goes off in the backyard, they have really no idea because we give them enough to get them excited, but it's not like we run every detail through them to figure out. Not we just figure it all out on our own. Yeah. And all of a sudden it starts coming together and people start understanding the, the elevations and, and how things are going to look. And, and that's, that's the comment that we get about it's Christmas every day coming home, is that there's going to be something new and something different. That comes from motivation, that comes from being inspired. And that's part of getting back to the boat. That's part of buying a boat, is that that can inspire me. Because now that, that particular boat is just an example. It's just an item, like a thousand other items we have. It's just a little bigger than most of the other, other items. But that could be an inspiration for a lot. And it may sit there for five years and be nothing done with it, which I doubt it will. But the idea though is how could we keep ourselves inspired doing something that we love to do that then can inspire other people to want more to look more to live life a little fuller and i think that's that's part also that i've uh, something weird that's been going on with me lately is recognizing i was listening yesterday morning i was driving i was listening to npr and they were talking about like the new millennium and the millennials and how they're dealing with college debt and, and moving forward and how they're viewing it and they had three guests on there three kids that have just graduated from college or whatever or, and uh, and then the host and then they had a financial person to like answer questions what to do and I was so uninspired by these kids I mean the one girl yeah I just graduated got $150,000 of debt that's weighing on me and you know I'm living at home to pay the debt off that's awesome nothing wrong with that but her biggest dream was to not be in debt and you realize, wow, that whole experience sucked out of her the joy of what living was going to be. And she said, someday I hope to own a tiny house. That would be my dream. You know, like the miniature tiny house thing. Mm -hmm. And the guy said, there was a, one guy and two girls, and the guy said, you know, funny you mention that, Amanda. You know, that's what I thought, too, is that I would just love to have a really tiny house because then there's not a lot invested in it, and I would have the freedom to be able to go and whatever. Cool, that sounded all great until his dream was you know, kind of the same thing, this flat, well, I just don't want to, you know, owe people money on my life. And it was like this, Ugh. instead of being inspired to go, wow, we just started this awesome next part of our lives and we're going to go out there and we're going to kick ass. Instead it was, I just want to get out of debt. And then the third girl jumped in and she goes, oh, funny, my husband and I, well, we just bought a tiny house. Well, it's a small starter house, but it's pretty much a tiny house and everyone laughed. We're going, 
that's awesome. You should be inspired at this point to want more, be more, and have more. And yet, in turn, it was, well, I guess this is just the next step. Mm -hmm. Which gets to living life for what for the, the reasons you live life. And we only get one shot. As far as we know, we can believe any belief we want to in a religion, and, and however, whether we come back as a squirrel or whether we go on to the next place, we don't really know. And we can get caught up in that and decide that that's really important, which for some people it is. Or we can live our lives knowing we have one shot now to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's live a juicy, savory life of whatever. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be over the top. And I think that's in the world of media, everything that looks so good almost seems like it's pushed over the top and then it's good. When you talk about great companies, most people don't talk about the legendary escapes companies of the world. They talk about Amazon and Facebook and you know these over-the-top Microsoft and Apple that are so most people can't relate to that. We know the logo, we know the name, but we can't relate to what it takes to create that. We, I think, if we didn't think that way about everything else, we wouldn't think that way about what we're supposed to have in our lives. Sure, you could be inspired to start a company in hopes of being as big as Apple. That's cool. I, not for me, necessarily. I mean, uh, it, but we have a really cool legendary escape. I mean, this, this thing is really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of we're living in that savory part of life, that, that yummy stuff that doesn't have to be over the top anything. Our lives aren't over the top. Our pools aren't over the top. They're just really interesting. They're over the top, I suppose, if you want to look at basic versus not, but they're, they're detailed, they're involved, they're, they're very felt through and thought through. And it's that part, that's the savory living. And, and to me, it's being able to do those things. And, you know, some people love to travel, and that's their greatest dream was to travel all over the world. I would venture to say that 80% of the time, that's not really what they want. I would say that 80% of the time, they just want to feel that way. Yeah. They want to feel as if, as if their life is an adventure. They want to feel as if they're on vacation because you know when you go on vacation, you let go. And But I'm here. I can't do that. I can only do that on vacation. So my greatest dream is to grow up, to be going on vacation all the time. And yet you live a majority of your life really unhappy about it because you can't let go. Well, why not just let go now and just be that way? And I think that's that's something that has kind of infused within the whole company culture. But it's inspired for me by things like boats, which everyone else go, what the flying F are you doing? Pretty awesome to me. And the funny thing was, I pulled up in the driveway. I asked Karen and Jesse to come out and help me because we're working on a different project. And I hear Karen come out the front door and she belly roll laughs. And... I had climbed up in it, I'm standing in it, and I said, what do you think of my pirate ship? And she just goes, I love it, what are we going to do with this? You know, instead it would have been, most other people would have gone, did you bump your head? Is there something wrong? What are you going to do with that thing? Instead it was, this is awesome. And she was just thrilled, and she'd just seen it. And it's a big pile of white fiberglass, but she saw immediately the inspiration for it and I think that's really cool because she's she's the key artist in our organization in terms of producing what I dream up she's the one that's tasked with most of getting it right 
and to see her get that excited just helps me realize how much more she's bought into the vision of what we have. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And we pretty much have to call this episode The Boat. It is The Boat. Yeah. The Boat and the Inspiration the, the, and Feeding the Chi. Yeah, and, and The Boat is just a symbol of living crazy. I mean, if that's living crazy, wow. I mean, that's so not crazy, it's just not expected. You know how, well, like you were saying, most people lead such normal lives. And, yeah, living on the edge of crazy and not having those boundaries and not holding yourself too tightly wound that you can't have fun, you know, so many people do. And we, not only as a company, but then as individuals, tend to push that and be a little crazy. So yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, and I think just living there is is just yummier. I yeah. mean, it's not like not like we live crazy lives compared to everybody else, but in the little moment to moments, our lives yeah, we're are very different. To think differently. Yeah. What was really interesting with this guy, his name is John, that I bought the boat from. He was telling me his kids have been pushing him that he should write a book, just because his stories are so full of life, and he just there's so much cool stuff, and. He sat down with someone, with a book club editor or something, and started telling these stories. And this guy's like, you've got to put this down in story. You've had a life full of experiences based on what you're telling me. And the guy goes, that happened last year. <laughs> you know, so instead of it being, well, that's what someone's life story would be, all these crazy adventure things that he's done, that's like his last year. And instead of, instead of living life, worrying about each little moment, he was obviously living life. So it was pretty cool. Lovely. Anyway, so episode the boat. Yeah. And and really not anything to do with the boat at all, but find a way to be inspired. Living life. Living yeah, live. Don't yeah. don't be alive, live. Yeah. yeah. So until next time, go find something crazy that inspires and, you. And just love it and do it. And we'll keep posting pictures of crazy stuff that yeah. we're up to. The craziness of it all. Cool. <laughs>